Welcome to the Millionaire Muslim Podcast by IslamicFinanceGuru.com where we talk halal investing, finance, entrepreneurship and getting ahead in life. We're your hosts, Mohsin Patel and Ibrahim Khan. Assalamu alaikum everyone, Mohsin here from IslamicFinanceGuru.com. Hope you are all well. We really appreciate you guys tuning in, whether it's the first time you're listening to our podcast or whether you're a repeat listener, we really, really appreciate you joining us. Today's podcast is going to be um, delivered by Ibrahim and it's about a really, really useful uh, topic that we get asked about a lot, which is, can I have a career in investment banking as a Muslim? And Ibrahim is going to talk to you all about that. But before we dive into Ibrahim's podcast, I want to ask you one favour, which is I want you to subscribe to this podcast if you're not subscribed already. And if you haven't left us a review, please do leave us a review. These two things really help us to get in front of a bigger audience, which will help our podcast. Jazakallah khair. Now let's dive into the podcast. Assalamu alaikum. This is Ibrahim. Welcome to the Millionaire Muslim Podcast. Today we're going to talk about a topic that we get asked about very often, um, usually from university students, and that is the topic of can I work in an investment bank or can I work in the city as a practicing Muslim? And this is a topic that um, comes up absolutely every single year around the time that people start applying to university. And we thought we'd just lay out um, all of the various ins and outs uh, in this podcast to give you something to go off. We actually have an article on this um, as well. We've got a few articles on this, actually. Um, and one of the um, good articles that we have is a, uh, an, uh, an article by a investment f- banker friend of mine um, who used to work at uh, one of the bulge bracket city um, city banks, investment banks, and now works for a boutique advisory um, firm. And so he he had some very uh, insightful comments into the whole world of investment banking. But um, I think the reason why it's so important for someone who's thinking about going into this world um, to decide now whether or not they're going to um, go any further is because the history of Islamic finance and the history of Muslims in the city is absolutely littered with people who went into uh, into to investment banking and then realized a few years down the line that actually it's not really for them, A, because of the hours and B, because they don't really feel morally that it's acceptable to do what um, what they do. Uh, and uh, these people then see the light and you see uh, many people then go into Islamic finance and Islamic finance is populated by um, all of these people who've seen the light after, um, you know, going into a job that fundamentally was... Um, was impermissible initially and and good i mean it's good for them that alhamdulillah they have uh, seen the light but it's important uh, for people who haven't gone down that path that um, you know we can maybe save a bit of a uh, a career uh, gymnastic move halfway through um, rather than um, you know uh, and, and so that you can go in from the start actually doing um, what you uh, what you are morally comfortable with doing and so I suppose that the very first thing to mention about investment banking is what in the world is it? 
there's so much that goes on in the city that, um, frankly, uh, I don't think even the people in or, or the other people in the city necessarily know about. And this is partly because the things that are going on are highly complex um, and uh, very fast paced. Uh, and so even one part of the city, one office, uh, one office block may be doing stuff, um, but there might be an office right next door, um, which that that information will not be communicated to and so it takes a while for the market as a whole for that information to percolate through and so because of that um, there's a lot of information silos and it's sometimes quite hard to work out what in the world is going on in the city um, and then I suppose the the other reason why is because a lot of the deals that happen uh, in the city are private deals and by that I mean that they are behind confidentiality walls uh, and so you're not allowed to talk about them in public so for, for example I work as a, a fund lawyer uh, a lot of the deals that I work on um, are, you know I will not publicly speak about my um, my my work um, with my law firm and, and about my clients and that's because um, of confidentiality reasons that are uh, strictly binding um, for, for the various people who are involved in the city and so because of that that makes it hard for us um, to work out what's going on but in a nutshell, uh, I think the best way to think about um, what happens is to divide up um, the, 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 there are two halves almost of the city. Uh, one is the public half and what the other is the private half. And in the, in the public half, you have um, uh, people who are traders. So you see you know, the pictures in the uh, newspapers or uh, in uh, various different uh, popular films. You see traders trading on the floor and shouting and screaming. That is all uh, trading and stockbroking. And that is dealing with public companies, i.e. companies that are listed uh, and their shares are publicly available to buy and sell. Then you have the private side of the city. And this is really what we're going to focus on more because that's frankly where I think a lot of the money is um, as well. And that's where probably a lot of the focus is for people who are applying to the city. And here you have private deals, so mergers and acquisitions, or you have um, fundraising, so people want to take their private company and make it uh, and do an IPO, uh, list it on, on the stock exchange for the first time, um, or they might want to uh, raise some debt, uh, get someone to give them some money to uh, borrow, and then they go ahead and they use that debt to do something with it. And so uh, there's, there's a private side and then there's a public side. In the public side, as I said, there's trading, and stockbroking and etc. And on the private side, you've got M&A and equity uh, capital markets, which is what uh, the IPO stuff is called. And uh, you've got the debt financing as well. So that's, in a broad uh, overview, that's kind of what's going on um, in the city. Now, there's um, there's so many other various ancillary uh, structures and ancillary activities that are going on. Like, for example, I myself work in uh, funds formation, and uh, there is a whole ecosystem of private equity funds. Um, and we can maybe do a um, podcast on this. I mean, if you want to hear a podcast on private equity, 
equity funds, I uh, am happy to do one. I mean, this is something that I uh, spend a lot of time looking at. So um, do drop us an email, Ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com, and let me know if that's something of interest. And if it is, we'll be happy to do one. Um, but that's another whole subset of the city. And then you've got another subset of the city, which is the insurance world. Then you've got um, another subset of the city, which is the buy side. So um, various funds who have lots of money, who are um, doing trading either on their own, either for themselves or on other people's behalf. But we're focusing specifically on investment banking today. And so um, with investment banking, uh, the, the, there are, uh, I suppose, three or four key Islamic fiqhi principles to bear in mind um, right at the outset. The first is that you must not, of course, uh, yourself trade in interest. Uh, you must not enter into a transaction that deals in interest. You must not witness a transaction that deals in interest. You must not um, help structure a transaction that deals in interest. You must not broker such a transaction. So, in other words, if you are working in the debt capital market um, sector, if you are working to help companies get debt, um, then that's just clearly and unambiguously um, haram. So, so the, that's the first thing. So witnessing a transaction and helping people and advising um, on a transaction where there's a, on a transaction um, of debt is is fundamentally problematic. Um, and by that, I mean where the, the main focus of the transaction is debt fundraising. Um, and so and so that's 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 issue number one. Um, the, the second um, issue or the second point, um, really, is that um, where you are providing assistance after the fact, um, so where you are providing, uh, for example, accountancy services, and um, you're coming in and you're auditing um, uh, the accounts of a company, or you're auditing and giving a report, a due diligence report on stuff that is happening, and you're giving a factual statement, this is what our view is of what the circumstances are, and this is our considered opinion based on the various different regulations and accountancy codes, um, that this is uh, what, what we think um, is, is the situation. That is fine, because you're not... Um, you're not actually structuring any of the transaction. You're literally saying, here's some advice. We've been hired. So normally accountancy firms might be hired to give this advice. Or even it might be other firms who, who are hired to give this specific due diligence advice or um, specific um, regulatory or tax advice or whatever it might be. And then finally, you have, so the first thing is, you know, you're right in the cold, you're at the cold face, you're uh, getting stuck into knee deep into, in, into interest based transactions. The second is, you're kind of coming in after the fact, um, or you're kind of at the peripheries. And then the third is where you are a professional um, uh, entity that is um, uh, coming in very much um, as uh, a, a third party. And you're not really involved with the transaction at all. So like, for example, um, if you've got something that's being structured in the Cayman Islands, um, then th stuff that happens there will need Cayman Council to be involved or Cayman, uh, you know, Cayman local, Cayman bank or a local Cayman uh, M&A boutique. And they will be advising specifically on Cayman related stuff. And um, they're not necessarily um, that close to the actual transaction. And so because of that, um, that's, um, that's uh, largely fine because there's, there's a distinction there. 
So from a from a fiqh perspective, then um, if you are if you are right in the thick of the interest-based transaction, that's a problem. If you are assisting uh, by way of a professional service um, that is um, strictly limited to a certain um, you know set of uh, parameters um, and that that is not uh, you know necessary or that is not uh, at the heart of the transaction then um, that that is perfectly fine as well um, and uh, and then finally if you are uh, very much at a distance then that that, that of course is is um, fine as well so so you have th these kind of general principles now if you kind of apply these um, to uh, the, the private and public sectors of the invest investment bank what happens is um, within the private side you've got ECM equity uh, equity capital markets and you've got DCM debt capital markets debt capital markets is, uh, is of course ruled out straight away um, equity capital markets um, you've got um, bankers who are primarily uh, helping a company do an IPO um, that in of itself is um, from a Sharia perspective is jaiz, it's halal, it's permissible. Now, where um, there can be some quite interesting quirks is if there's some kind of convertible bonds or convertible debt involved, or if there's um, preference shares being um, thrown around. Um, all of this stuff then uh, takes it into. Um, choppy waters from uh, from a charity perspective um, however uh, it, it kind of depends on on deal to deal but um, if the the financing forms a very small part of the overall deal um, then um, myself I, I can uh, live with um, you know you working in an equity um, capital markets role where um, you know, incidentally, there might be some kind of financing that comes in um, uh, here or there as part of certain transactions and certain deals. Um, but broadly speaking, what you're doing is um, completely removed from any such financing. And and remember, uh, there's there's also an important um, point to be made here. Investment banks are um, service providers themselves. They are not um, necessarily always um, actually uh, Placing the debt, they're not necessarily doing the debt raising, um, although they often are doing that as well. Um, but as an investment banker, um, as opposed to working on the you know the, the trade floor, as an investment banker, your your role is advising and your role is structuring, and and it's very much an advisory role. And because it's um, an advisory role, uh, and you're advising on M and A. Um, elements only, you as an investment banker with an M&A expertise um, are quite focused on that specific thing. And whilst there may be finance involved, you, there will be certain experts in finance who will be advising on that. And of course, if you're an expert in finance and you're advising on that, then and then I would be, you know, very concerned. Uh, and I, I wouldn't want to be, uh, I wouldn't want to advise any Muslim to do that, uh, because then you're, um, you really are more directly um, assisting with, with, um, with an interest-bearing and haram transaction. So uh, so that's the, the private side. Debt capital markets, haram. Equity capital markets, um, is it's much more cleaner. And within this, uh, also, you ha one, one has to remember that 
every bank is different and every team is different and teams change all the time. Situations keep on changing all the time. Deals are different. And so um, really, if you're going into this world of investment banking without any um, detailed charity knowledge, that's an issue. And the best way to, uh, frankly, deal with uh, live matters and things that might come up, live issues that come up, is um, to have a basis in Islamic finance, to have a basis in Islamic um, financial law and Islamic uh, jurisprudence, not not to a you know a degree level or anything, but you need to have certain principles in in your mind that are very clear because you will need to be making those decisions live at 3 a.m. in the morning, um, and that's why um, you know people who don't have that background they really feel uncomfortable because they uh, they can't see uh, where that where they're heading um, from a fiqh perspective or shari perspective, and then they feel lost um, and 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 the whole uh, you know the whole fun goes out of the in the entire job and you know if you're in a job that you feel is unethical and un-islamic and is going to um, cause you you know problems in the afterlife then that that is of course a big issue for you, for people so um, so that's the, the private side then on the the public side you've got uh, trading and you've got uh, broking I'm not really going to talk about broking that much because it's uh, maybe it's a topic of its own um, but but trading generally speaking if you are um, trading equities um, so you're trading long only equities by that I mean you're just buying and selling shares as opposed to borrowing shares and then um, shorting them. I, I won't necessarily go into the, the technical details of what these things mean. Um, you know, feel free to Google them um, because I'm, I'm expecting that, you know, the kind of people who will be listening to this, you know, this far into the podcast will probably um, or should know what these things mean because they, they are considering applying to an investment bank. Um, so if you are shorting, then that's not permissible. And if you are trading in debt, if you're trading in futures, options, forwards, then those, uh, the latter three are grey areas. Debt is, of course, not a grey area. If you're trading in bonds, that's uh, highly problematic and it's not allowed. Um, and if you're trading in things that are borrowed, then that's not permissible. And um, and so, uh, in reality, um, where one ends up is to say that, frankly, any job in the city in the trading uh, on the trading floor, um, which will also, by the way, involve a, a high amount of leverage. So uh, traders will be given a lot of borrowed money uh, because that will magnify returns, um, you know, losses and, and um, also uh, returns. Um, but so so that overlay also adds frankly another element of haramness to the whole thing um, but but overall if you're working in the in the city and you're working in a trading uh, in a trading role you're going to be doing a bunch of different things and you're going to be doing at least some haram stuff in there uh, it's not really uh, to my mind and and do please correct me if I'm wrong if you're listening to this and you have better experience of this yourself um, to my mind I don't think it's really possible to work in a trading on a trading floor or in a trading role in the city and also um, stick to your uh, Islamic principles. And um, by the way, there's an article on Forex. So if you're doing any Forex trading, then um, my views still are, uh, although I have sympathies for Forex, but ultimately my views still are that, that it is not um, permissible, at least at the retail end um, of, of, the, of the spectrum, where you're trading on uh, in Forex at the institutional end um, and it is not uh, leveraged, then... Uh, uh, of course, if it's it becomes almost akin to a currency exchange, and that 
in itself is fine. Um, however, um, I, I, I would need to look into it more to opine on that with any um, with any uh, you know gravitas or any real uh, real authority. So, um, so that's the, the the kind of an application of the principles, the three principles that we talked about to private and public uh, sections of investment investment banks. Um, one thing to uh, to now mention is uh, a familiar question that comes up, which is. What if I work in a sub-department of an investment bank such as HR or operations or compliance or something like that? Is that permissible? Well, my answer to that is really, I think, because you are working for an institution that is fundamentally geared towards, and, 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 and look, if, it's, if you are working for a um, a company or a bank or a boutique advisory firm that isn't geared towards um, haram uh, transactions, um, then then the whole thing is fine. Right? You can work as an investment banker, you can work as a compliance officer, you can work as whatever. But if you're working in a bank where 90% or a huge percent of the transactions that are, that are um, bringing in the cheddar for the bank are haram, then working in compliance or working wherever, um, to my mind, is not um, something that I would recommend my brothers to do or I would, I would certainly do myself. And so, um, and so I would stay away from that. But what about if you work in the asset management section of an investment bank? Or what about if you work in the equity capital markets team within the investment bank? Um, the, the, so the, the, I suppose the intuition behind that question is, um, can you segregate somehow between the profits that are made by different departments? And can you segregate somehow between, you know, from a shari perspective, work Working for um, a Goldman Sachs um, when uh, one team is doing haram stuff and the other team is doing halal stuff. Uh, and the way I, I approach this question is um, there's no there's there's no you know hard and fast rule here but the way the principles i would i would apply to this question are is there a real um distinction between that subsection that subdepartment and the rest of the bank i.e is there a, a a different legal entity that uh, that holds that subdepartment so uh, you know there are sometimes really quite independent uh, sections within or subsidiaries within uh, within a banking within within a bank's um, structure within the bank's corporate structure um, and uh, to be owned by someone who is doing haram stuff um, is in in of itself is not um, you know is not problematic uh, if if I um, am uh, funding did and my company is bought out by a bank uh, and I retain a minority stake in that company and and I'm just you know I, I just sell um, uh, I don't know uh, tents for example uh, I have a um, an outdoor um, camping and uh, outdoor uh, travel kind of uh, company and a bank for some reason has taken over this company um, just because it's a bank that's a shareholder that doesn't make the the the, the activities of the company 
company haram. So by the same token, if there's a subsidiary within the bank's corporate structure, which is um, perfectly permissible to work for, and um, it's, uh, uh, its accounting and its um, profits and losses are very distinct from a bank, then that would, to my mind, be quite an easy way of saying, yes, that's fine to work for such an entity. But if there is uh, really no distinction whatsoever, you're kind of sat in the same building, your, uh, your bonuses are linked to the overall pot um, that, the, uh, that the bank has for profit, uh, for bonuses, um, and there are all sorts of other um, overlaps between you and your colleagues in you know, the haram departments, then I don't think that that's really a uh, justifiable um, analysis to make. And... And I know someone's going to be listening to this and they desperately want to work for an investment bank, but they're also kind of, you know, concerned about this whole charity thing. And they're going to be thinking, you know, they're going to be trying to trick their mind uh, into making um, a, a distinction where there is none. So I, I would just say to you, just be honest with yourself about this and uh, and try and be fair um, with uh, with your thinking on this. And and I suppose that kind of brings me quite nicely onto um, the one of the final points that I want to make today, which is... Why, if you're practicing as a Muslim, do you even want to go into investment banking in the first place? And we, uh, Mohsen and I, have done uh, other podcasts on other podcast episodes on careers. Uh, so do check those out uh, more generally about how you should think about from an um, Islamic perspective on what careers you do. But... Uh, but putting that aside one second, why why do you want to go into investment banking in the first place? And I think the answer that most people give me when I ask them that is because um, there's nothing else that's as clearly defined with a clear graduate recruitment program, um, quite uh, an alluring and uh, edu- uh, an informative uh, campaign um, within universities uh, with uh, so many uh, you know different perks attached to working and interning at investment banks during the summers. And then, of course, uh, it's incredibly well paid. And so, and it's also quite glamorous. And so, all of those things come together, and people want to work in investment banks. And uh, and and the other thing is, I think there's a lot of herd mentality here as well, which is. If you are unsure about your future, which a lot of people are at university, then if an investment bank is saying, come to us, we will give you a well-defined and clearly defined career path. Um, You are someone who's clearly very hardworking because investment banks generally will recruit from the top universities. And um, you're quite academic. You've always had a goal. You've always been working towards a a certain thing. You know, your A-levels, your GCSEs, getting into university, your finals. Um, All we're doing now is giving you certain new goals. You, you come in as an analyst and then become an associate and then become a manager or whatever the, you know, the various uh, categories are. And so, um, and so you're sold and you uh, go into investment banking. But just take a step back and think about um, what you're getting into and think about why you're going into this stuff. It, are, the, are all of the reasons that I've just mentioned um, really uh, reasons that one should be deciding their career on? Uh, 
do they really resonate with you as a deep and meaningful reason for going into um, a, a career? Um, and, and and to my mind, the answer is no. Now, what I'm not saying at all is that Muslims should not go into uh, banking or the advisory world or the M&A world. Um, I think the best way to do that is to work um, either in the uh, the buy side, so as, as, as I mentioned, the, um, the asset management side, uh, where you work for long-only funds and you become an equity analyst, um, because that that is a much cleaner job. You're uh, you're working for a company that is fundamentally doing halal stuff, which is just buying companies and then selling companies uh, or selling shares in companies. Um, and the other um, halal area within the IB space um, is um, working for boutique advisory firms, so firms like um, uh, Lazards or uh, Perella Weinberg or uh, Mazars or Morris and Company, um, Evercore and others um, who um, provide very specific boutique advisory only services they don't have a balance sheet themselves they don't fund um, the debt um, or, or um, you know a book run for an IPO or anything like that and so uh, and so I would say those are the probably the two ways to get into uh, the city or in, into investment banking from a halal way but but before I you know I encourage you to do that I, I would genuinely say take a step back and really think about what it is that you want to get out of your career and and why uh, in order to have a successful career that is really fulfilling and you know you don't end up divorced and you know ha hating your life and uh, crying to your uh, parents in the middle of the night which you know I've heard stories about how people do this because they're that stressed and they've been working till 3 a.m. 4 a.m. in the morning uh, for weeks on end um, if, if that's uh, you know if you're going to make that commitment you need to be jolly well sure why you're making that commitment and there needs to be a few things that line up the first is of course you should enjoy the work you should be good at the work but also there needs to be a really deep meaningful purpose behind why you're doing this work and if there isn't that purpose then you will sooner or later start feeling quite jaded about your job and um, and I'm not saying that uh, that you cannot find a purpose that would uh, justify going into investment banking I think I think you can and if you can then you certainly um, you know you should knock yourself out go for it um, as long as it's within the, the halal areas but don't kid yourself just and just follow the crowd on this and then, and then I suppose uh, the very final thing that I want to leave you guys with which is uh, what about if you don't go into investment banking? What other things are, can I can I do in the city? And I'm not going to go into detail on these five um, uh, ideas that I came up with. And maybe we can do podcasts on each of them. Uh, you know, if, and if you do want to see a podcast again, drop us an email, Ibrahim at IslamicFinanceGuru dot com, um, and um, and we'll be happy to uh, you know have a chat with you. Um, so one idea is do a startup. Like if you're leaving university, it's the best time in the world. You've probably maybe even got a grad recruitment job idea or grad um, grad scheme job um, uh, that's ideal try and defer that for a year and um, and then make a run at um, trying to do a startup uh, because you know the, the, it's, it's quite a um, low risk 
um, opportunity there with a high reward. Uh, if, a, if a startup comes off, then you are going to be extremely rich. But if a startup, a startup doesn't come off, then you are not really going to be disadvantaged in any way. And actually, you're going to be um, uh, highly uh, advantaged because you have real world experience when you go to interviews or when you uh, progress in your career. So that's the first thing I would say. Genuinely get into startups. And IFG, Islamic Finance Guru, we're always encouraging startups. We try and match up people um, you know, where there are synergies between on, on investors and entrepreneurs. Um, and we really do want to support you guys. Um, so uh, again, do get in touch, but also you know get stuck in because this is um, where I think a lot of value can be added to our world. And from a Muslim perspective, that's what we want to do. We want to make the world fundamentally a better place, and we want to make humanity uh, progress. And, uh, and and startups are a way that we can do that. The second is um, working in advisory firms, as I said, boutiques, uh, boutique advisory investment banking firms. The third is working in the professional services. So this is law firms, accountancy firms, and um, other kind of uh, you know audit firms um, that might be out there where they're providing a specific service um, as opposed to um, you know being embedded within the whole transaction or, or leading on the transaction. Then you've got consultancy, so management strategy consultancy firms. Um, and again, that's from a fiqh perspective, that's a advice providing a professional, a professional external third-party professional providing specific advice, and that's, and that's fine. Um, and then finally, you have uh, grad recruitment, uh, grad, um, graduate, uh, graduate schemes from various different FTSE 100 or 250, FTSE 250 companies, large blue-chip companies um, who have fantastic uh, grad schemes where you will become you know a future captain of the of the industry and and genuinely i think a lot of people overlook that but i think there's um, there's a, lot, a great deal to be said about um, going into those kind of schemes because you progress really fast if you're interested in business and you're passionate about your job um, and um, you can always switch back into the other areas um, as and when you like um, because um, you'll be gaining all of the key skills there so there we have it uh, folks uh, investment banking, um, lots of grey areas, few chinks of uh, you know pure pristine white, but generally speaking, a lot of uh, fairly haram activities going on. So overall, um, you know, do your own due diligence, uh, consult with your own conscience, and make sure that you have a purpose behind what why you're going into investment banking in the first place. Um, and then, if you've got any further questions, then please do get in touch. And if you would like to see a course on this, maybe uh, going into the fiqh things in more detail, um, maybe getting in a few investment banker friends of mine um, who can talk to you about the the specifics of, of what happens and how to uh, structure your, your career. So you can actually make sure that you stay in the halal stuff. Um, then again, please let us know. We'd uh, we'd love to hear from you, and maybe that's something that we can arrange. We can maybe do a course on that at some point. Um, but jazakallah khairan and assalamu alaikum.